Hey all of you freaks, I am Frank, and today I'm joined by Phoebe Xavier. How are you doing today? That's great. So you today we're talking about Superliminal Latency. This is your novel, it's a sci-fi novel. Can you kind of give us the uh, the one-liner on this, the pitch on this one? It is a 17-story short story anthology. It's been seven centuries in the entire solar system. Seven centuries. I didn't realize that. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, there's one story that takes place in the 1800s. In, um, it's like a voodoo story from the 1800s. What gave you this idea? What was your inspiration for taking such a big task on? I have, uh, I mean, I've accumulated these stories over two decades. And um, at the start of COVID lockdown in 2020, I decided it was like now or never. So I started to pull it together and it's now in its publishable form. Yeah, and it reads so well, very smooth. Uh, I, I wasn't able to finish it because it was it was a lot bigger than I expected. But boy, I was sinking into it so fast. So I can't wait to to get through it all. When you were in lockdown, what was the first step that you were taking? That how do you first approach something like this? Well, I have more short stories than just the ones included here. So I'm paring down and deciding which ones I'm was actually putting in it was like the first step. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, I think I approached it from um, reading order and um, what what I felt flowed best for as a reading order. And then I went back and started to try to edit my own work and uh, found that that was like almost impossible and <laughs> uh, then sought out a, a, an actual editor to edit my book. What is the benefits to having an outside editor versus you trying to edit your own book? Well, I feel like... Um, well, it's my story that I've read, you know, 15 times since I've written it. And I did edit numerous, numerous times every day that I was in the active process of writing any of them. Um, like there'll be sentences where there's a word missing, but like my brain fills it in every time that I read it. So it's like impossible to edit some like minor mistakes like that because um, I'm like kind of uh, blind to it. It's like a blind <laughs> spot to me. Some of these the that are on the paper clearly erroneous, but my mind like knows what I meant to say. Yeah, you're 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 patching over things, and then the editor's not doing so much, so they <laughs> they catch all the little mistakes like that. That's wonderful. This is such a great little sci-fi story, and and sci-fi has always been such a um, fascinating corner. What other sci-fi literature or even shows like that that you've uh, kind of pulled from from the past? I, I'm uh, I'm a big fan of William Gibson. So, uh, for example, when I was writing The Trojan Salvage in this collection, uh, Super Liberal Latency, I was reading The Peripheral at that time. Um, and uh, some, of the, some of the tech in his book sort of inspired some of the tech in, um, in that story. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I am currently reading um, a book called Ficciones um, by Borges and... Um, and and then uh, a few a week or two ago, I read um, "End of the World Blues" by John Courtney Grimwood, and um, uh, that one is sci-fi. That one's more sci-fi. The Fictionist is more um, postmodern magical realism. Oh, wow. uh, but I'm uh, I'm I've been inspired by like uh, Asimov my whole life. Um, I'm a big fan of Philip K. Dick as well. Um, I used to read fantasy books like um, Dungeons and Dragons books, R.A. Salvador, and then all the ones about Athos, the dark sun of the planet. Um, but yeah, I am. Um, oh, uh, Stephen Brust, I've read most of his Vlog Talta sequence. 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd say as much TV though inspires um, my science fiction, like TV or movies. Um, that, uh, yeah, bro- brilliantly rendered science fiction in any medium uh, is probably something that might inspire. Well, I mean, you're you're picking from some of the holy grails of of sci-fi writers there, so that's just so wonderful. Um, sci-fi, we we've talked about in the past on on this show how it's it's a really good way to kind of give a lens to modern day issues. Is that something you're trying to do through your sci-fi stories? Is try to uh, t- show some of modern day issues through a different lens? I'd say that I really kind of um, keep politics out of um, okay. a, a lot of my stories. In that way, um, I will real world argue my politics on Twitter, but um, <laughs> that, yeah, I guess some of the things of the day do, do inspire um, do inspire my stories, but I, I don't think I'm necessarily, but I know that that is one of the major functions of science fiction is to be able to um, express modern conflict, but like disguise it in um, a fictitious future land or whatever. Um, I, I have a story that um, is in process right now. Um, called anti-hero uh wait anti-hero complex and um it does start with like a, a streaming a live streamer like in a protest site and um them being uh killed in the middle of their live stream which was something that, that i think um <clears throat> i imagined while i was watching black lives matters protests a few yeah. years ago and i was like i could just imagine like someone streaming about someone getting killed getting killed in the process of streaming about it um and so that did become like a starting point for that story but i wouldn't say that any of the politics of the march that i watched initially um seep into the story itself uh, but yeah so i definitely my my stories are, are influenced by what what's around me and going on in the world around me but um uh, i think that what i aim to work off of Marvin is um full story concepts that uh, i think like cool twists i look for um ways to turn Turn a story on its end and do it quickly, and um and like right, just like that pop at the end, uh, six sense six sense sort of endings is what I try to write. I guess yeah. And when I get um ideas like that, then like any sort of detail might drip into it. But um yeah, <laughs> my process, my writing process involves coming up with the title and the ending before I fill in uh, the story in between. So um yeah, that's that's kind of what what I prioritize in my. Writing. I like that. That's kind of how a Star Trek is delivered, right? Because you set up this, hey, this is what we're looking at. This is the weird MacGuffin of this episode. And then by the end, we want to realize this thing happened. And then they kind of fill in the gaps. And uh, I that's, I mean, those are classics. That's a really good way of putting it together. Yeah, so far it's working. So is this your first writing project? Because it sounds like you really have a good grasp on the, on the, uh, on the process. So I've been writing since I was a little kid and I didn't, um, and then I was writing songs for a few decades. I've written four screenplays, none of which were sold or anything, but I went through the process of writing. I wrote an entire series of a season of a 15 minute um, comedy show that me and some of my friends came up with a few years ago. Um, I, <laughs> these short stories have been slowly accumulating over two decades. So, like, I have these 17 short stories and at least another four or five that are done and six or seven of them are half done. Um, and I also write comic books. Um, I uh, write comic books under the brand name One Two Three Go Publications. And um, we have a number of them available online. 
So the uh, the one, two, three publications, are those all your books or is it a collection of your friends' books as well? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a collective. Um, I I initiated it and Sidereal Capogee was the first book that I was working on with any of these people that I work with now um, on various titles. But yeah, there are a few titles that are not mine at all. I'm Santa Claus <laughs> and um, Mala Granny Devil are the brainchild and um, uh, written by Jeffrey Hoffman, who helped set up this interview. Um, and there is also, is, we have a book coming called Viking Saga of the North that's created by my friend Jose Ernesto Diaz out of Guatemala. Um, and that one is like, is all his idea. I kind of helped him edit the script and I'm doing the lettering for it right now. Mm-hmm. But um, that, uh, yeah, that's really his book, Jose's book, as far as who came up with the idea. Um, then there's Woka. Well, Metal Black Ops and City Real Apogee are both like my ideas, but um, Gunmetal Black Ops is our showcase book. Uh, it's a espionage assassins anthology kind of book. Uh, and uh, two of the central recurring characters in there are Jade Lion and Black Cauldron, who are a um, bodacious um, lesbian assassin team. Nice. Um, that their girlfriends <laughs> and also master killers. Yeah. And anytime um, you can use bodacious, they're, they're I'm buying it. <laughs> Thanks. Awesome. And um, they uh, are, uh, they're not necessarily linear, like story after story. They're episodic um, uh, tales in, the, in that book. Um, what other titles do we have? Oh, Trouble. Um, Scintillating Ravishing Razor Girl Trouble is um, my comedy superhero book. Mm-hmm. And even though it happens in the same universe as a lot of my science fiction, it has a much different tone. Um, She's it's definitely a, a lot funnier and um, more lighthearted than some of the uh, grittier cyberpunk that takes place in the same universe she's, she exists in. But um, she kind of has her own happy little safe bubble where 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 things happen. Like she gets in the fights all the time, but it's not um, uh, the same level of adult, dark, gritty and grim and gruesome that out person sitting in apathy. Yeah. Or some of these stories, since you're a little uh, late, there's definitely some grit and grind in there. So with one, two, three publications, and then obviously you guys have uh, a variety of genres. How do you work differently depending on the genre? Because it feels like that would be pretty stressful trying to figure out like, okay, these are the Viking crowd. Where do we find the Viking crowd at? You know? Actually, yeah, I mean, finding an audience anywhere, that's, that's definitely a battle. Um, we've successfully kickstarted like two of our books, but, um, I also a failed kickstarter, uh, under my belt for second volume of 13th moon. Um, but while, well, whereas volume one was a successful kickstarter. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have a, a, any trouble from keeping, you know, the, the genre separated necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reason why I'm reading this, um, Fixionist book at the moment is because I do want to explore like further genres than just you know science fiction and horror or um, horror porn which i do in the super little latency uh, collection um but uh yeah i kind of want to um understand how to uh uh, write certain genres like to 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 be writing as a surrealist uh writer um on purpose on some of my stories um but yeah with the the vikings book we're really getting it from a historical aspect uh, consideration, like we really want to make sure that we're um, 
honestly depicting the Ike Viking age as best as we can. And we're not fictionalizing. We're just like doing an appraisal of the culture and things that define the beginning and, and the zeitgeist of that. Is it hard to, because with one, two, three publication, you're doing comic books. Are you, you also using the same collective to, to work with super liminal latency? But if I just want to say, make clear, it's one, two, three, go publication. Okay. Um, all, yeah, no ways. And um, the, um, that some artists and writers do work with me on various comic books, but the, uh, the super liminal latency is mostly, is all um, narrative fiction. So while, um, the cover artist, the Keel Bryant, who, um, rendered the Grace Atrophy image up on the front of uh, super liminal latency. He did work on some design images with me for a while. Um, early on in the creation of a serial apogee, he actually did the cover for issue number three and um, some other really cool design images. But um, I haven't worked with him in a few years. And then there's also a sketch on the back cover. On the, I don't know if the copy I give you has a back cover, but um, on the back cover, there's a little sketch of Camille Dontremont, who's in one of the stories in Superliminal Latency. And that was done by Edwin Romothio from Uganda. And I have not been in contact with Edwin in a while. Um, I hope he's okay, but I lost contact with Edwin for now. Hmm. now managing such a large team, it cannot be easy. So I, yeah, I can't imagine. That's got to be pretty tricky. Facebook is but the main way that we communicate and that I found most of the people. That I- oh, that's good. Yeah, that's a good community builder. It's wonderful. Well, I was just say for super liminal latency, uh, I had gotten the digital version. How can other people uh, get their hands on this? The physical copy will be available through indieplanet.com forward slash one, two, three, go, which is where my comic books are in right now. IndiePlanet has a great uh, website that is um, the online boutique for Kablam. Kablam is, Kablam is a printing service based out of Orlando, who I print most of my books with. And um, once you've printed it through Kablam, then you have the option to operate print to order on IndiePlanet. So meaning us that we are a um, our own little brand. Uh, we have a subsection of the store. Uh, and after the forward slash IndiePlanet.com forward slash one, two, three, go, you'll see all of our comics listed. Um, and I want you to be aware if you do go there that 13th Moon Volume 1, Trouble Number 1, and Gunmetal Black Ops number two are free digital downloads. If you go to download, you'll see it's zero dollars and zero cents. And um, just to get a sample of what we do, to decide if you maybe want to order some of the other. Okay, perfect. Okay, so what I want everybody to do listening to this right now, I'm going to make sure to have the link for Indie Planet in the description. Click in there, follow up on this, and then of course we're going to share everything on our social media. We want to make sure everybody's getting their hands on these. Um, and also check out everything else from one, two, three, go. Cause I want to, I have, I have to browse around that still. I'm excited for that. Uh, but I want to thank you so much, Phoebe, for joining me today. Yeah, thank All right, everybody, make sure you click around, make sure you follow up on this. And again, follow us on social media. We'll be sharing everything that Phoebe has to share and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>